is your host, Travis Sanders, and I want to welcome you to the premiere episode of The Spirit Cabinet, where we discuss all things psychic, mediumistic, life after death communication, and the esoteric. So my intention for this podcast is to bring you different interviews, discussions, and philosophies in relation to mediumship and spiritualism and things of a psychic nature, and being that this is my very first episode, and I'm still learning the podcasting software, I thought for the premiere episode, we would do a class that I recently just did for Lilydale Assembly. So hopefully, as the podcast evolves, I will learn a little bit more about the software, hopefully the quality of what I'm presenting to you will improve, but um Most of what I intend to do is going to be interview and discussion-based with occasionally teaching and education mixed in. So for this premiere episode, what I wanted to talk about today is the moon and our mediumship. And the reason that I wanted to talk about this is because being that I am a millennial and I tend to follow trends and stay aware of things like social media things like Instagram, TikTok, the moon has been very popular lately, especially things like manifesting with the moon. Within the past couple years, the book Moonology came out. There's a book called Lunar Alchemy. People are very into things like the manifesting, but let's be honest, everybody loves the moon. Everybody, when you go outside and there's a beautiful moon in the sky, is captivated. As a, hu- as a humanity, as a people, we are fascinated with lunar energy. And caveat here, I am no astrologer by any means, but in astrology, the moon tends to represent our emotions, um, our comfort zone, our maternal side, the sub and unconscious, how we express our feelings and vulnerability. It's very much connected to the yin, the receptive, the astral, the psychic. And so I wanted to take some of these concepts that people use in spiritual work with the moon and look at how we can apply some of those lunar teachings to the development cycles of our mediumship. So the first phase that I want to talk about with the moon and how we can use the cycles of the moon as uh, metaphorical or symbolic or as a guide in our mediumship is the waning phase of the moon. So the moon is waning, we've had a full moon, and now it begins to wane, it begins to get smaller. So the waning phase is really a time of focusing on what we want to let go, what we want to clear out, what is decreasing or banishing. And um, it's really a time, too, for making peace with things, um, accepting things as they are. And so because there is this association with decrease and this association with letting go, one of the lessons that I think that we can take from this, especially in regard to our mediumship or even not even specifically mediumship, but if we're working psychically, is what are we holding on to that doesn't serve us in our psychic work, in our mediumship? And one of the biggest things that I think people tend to hold on to that I've observed 
is the energy of our clients. Or if you're in development, maybe the energy of people that you're practicing with. Or if you're someone that identifies as very empathetic, um, the energy of people in our lives having a greater effect on us than it should or than is healthy. And so there's several different things that we can do, but the first thing is when we have an emotion or a feeling or a perception um, and we're not, we're not experiencing it with a sense of clarity, then I think we need to ask ourselves: does this even belong to me? Is this even mine? And if we feel like we are holding on to other people's energies or being affected by other people's energies, I think one thing that we need to take into consideration is our diligence with boundaries. A lot of people, especially those, and I'm going to piss some people off probably when I say this, but people who tend to identify as empaths, what they're really saying is, I have no boundaries or I am codependent even if it's not at a conscious level. And so one of the best things that we can do is begin to examine in our physical life, in our interpersonal relationships with the living, am I enforcing healthy boundaries? And am I respecting other people's healthy healthy boundaries? And because, you know, it's like that hermetic axiom, as above, so below, as below, so above, all planes are affected by each other, all uh, states of consciousness are affected by the other. When we start actively and conscientiously working with enforcing healthy personal boundaries in our day-to-day life, that's going to be reflected with our spiritual perceptions as well. But we are sensitive beings, and sometimes as, as diligent as we may be, we can pick up energies that just don't belong to us. Shit happens. And so one of the things that I always like to focus on is, and especially we can utilize this during the waning phase cycle of the moon, is spiritual cleansing. Now, a lot of people, when you say things like spiritual cleansing, they think of burning a smudge stick of sage. And I'm not even going to go there because I know that there's so much um, there's so much wokeness around things like um, cultural appropriation and what's closed practice and not closed practice. And I'm going to leave that down to your specific discernment. If you like using sage, I would say investigate that, look at that, um, see if that still feels right or resonates with you or not. Uh, but one of the ways that I really like to do spiritual cleansing, and this fits perfectly into this ideology of the moon, is through spiritual baths. Now, why this fits so perfectly with this concept of lunar energies is because water is an element that's very much associated with the moon. You know, we think about the moon and its effect on the tides. We think about... um, Water and its association with receptivity, reflection, the astral, all of those things have those lunar qualities to it. So there's a major correlation between water and lunar energy. And so I'm going to give you a spiritual bath because one of my favorite things um, 
outside of, you know, one of my big passions outside of spiritualism and mediumship uh, in the esoteric world is spiritual and metaphysical herbalism. So what you would do is you would run a bath like you normally would. And then what you can do are you can take some herbs that are associated with cleansing and you could even incorporate some herbs that have lunar zodiacal associations, um, such as mugwort. But the herbs that I'm going to give you today for this particular uh, cleansing bath are rosemary and lemongrass. And what you want to do is you want to take those herbs, and, and these are herbs that are fairly easy to get your hands on. You could probably find them at a Whole Foods or any grocery store, really. And you want to just make sort of a tea out of those. Um, what I like to do is I like to take coffee filters and add about a tablespoon of each herb to the coffee filter in the center. And then I just tie it up into a little bundle. And you can either add that to a pot of boiling water or you could pour, uh, pour boiling water over it and just sort of let it steep. And then once you have about a, a decent sized pot or pan of that, you would add that to your bath water. You could also add other cleansing things like coffee or lemon juice um, and then soak. Soak for about 20 minutes. And when you do this, you can think about whose energy that you're holding on to that doesn't belong to you. You can think about the clients that you've worked with and focus on letting them go with breath work and intention. One of the things that's very popular in sort of new age circles and pagan circles is this idea of energetic cord cutting. So if you do any cord cutting practices, that would be a prime time to focus on that. And uh, really just, just contemplate ways in which moving forward, you can no longer be so... Um, spongy in taking on other people's energy. Another thing that we can do is, um, that's a very popular sort of holistic technique is EFT or emotional freedom technique. If there are belief systems that we hold about our mediumship that does not serve us anymore, whether it be a lack of confidence or believing that you can't receive certain types of evidence or um, whatever the belief system may be that you kind of have identified as standing in your way that you're ready to let go of. And then working that emotional freedom technique system. Um, it is one of those things where when I first heard about it, especially because of its simplicity and working in this this realm for so long. I've seen so many new age and holistic fads come and go, but it wasn't until someone did this with me that I found that it did give relief. And it's incredibly simple, but I don't want the simplicity of it to sort of create any ideas that there isn't any potency within the practice. It works with meridians and these sort of these acupressure points within the body and tapping in specific sequences. And um, if it's not something that you're familiar with, there is a YouTuber called Brad Yates, Y-A-T-E-S, who has some really wonderful videos for EFT tapping on YouTube, and it's great to follow along with. You could even think of a particular issue let's just say competence, for example, and you could even go into YouTube and just sort of type in EFT for tapping. There's lots of tutorials that you can follow along with. So what I want to do now 
If you are in a place where you can safely just sort of sit and allow yourself to be in a meditative or contemplative state, or if you just want to sort of write these these prompts down and revisit them later, I want you to just take a minute. And these are these are great reflections. These would also be something great to do in a journal, if you keep a journal for your spiritual development. And just get into this relaxed state, get into a meditative state. Take a few deep breaths. And just be open to what comes. Connecting to or holding the intention of linking with whatever it is you consider your higher power, your own soul, guides, inspirers, the higher self. Uh, it doesn't matter to me. And I want you to ask yourself, or spirit, what are some of the perceived weaknesses that you hold in regards to your mediumship? When you think about your mediumship practice, where do you feel like you're falling short? What belief systems are you ready to let go of? Just trust what comes and take a few minutes to write those down and revisit them often. And you can even use the waning phase anytime you want to revisit these. So bring yourself back to you. Set those to the side. You can revisit those later. And now we're going to move on to the next lunar cycle. So we've been in a waning moon phase. And it's waned all the way. And now we are at what the calendar would call the new moon. But that actual very first technical day of the new moon is really what we call the dark moon. And that very first day of that new moon energy, that dark moon is a perfect time to rest and do absolutely nothing. And this is a really hard lesson, especially for those of us who are um, practitioners and seekers and always trying to um, grow in our development and our unfoldment with mediumship because we think that sometimes if we stop, if we take a step back, that we are being lazy or that we're not committed to spirit or that we're not taking things seriously or that we're letting spirit down in some way. And that can't be further from the truth. We have to take breaks where we do nothing at all, but just be and be in our humanity. Spirit is compassionate. They understand that need. Your guides and helpers have had physical bodies. They understand the demands of the physical experience. 
And the world we live in today is much faster than it's ever been at any point in civilization. We need that rest now more than ever. And if we don't take that time to rest and integrate and digest, we'll burn out. It's happened to me. I've seen it happen to other people. So don't feel guilty for taking time for you. You cannot pour from an empty cup. It reminds me of when you go uh, on a trip and you are flying, how the stewardesses, or I think that's what you call them now, yeah, stewardesses, um, always tell you in, in case of an emergency, if the oxygen masks fall, put your own on before you seek to help the person next to you. Because if you're not in a good state, you're not going to be any good for anybody else. And if you're not in a good state energetically, you're not going to be a very good instrument or channel for spirit. And that, that is the real disservice. So the dark moon is a really wonderful period to just be. Now those very first couple days after what the calendar says is the official new moon, what we call the dark moon, really embodies that new moon energy. So we're starting to get a little bit of that moon being visible. We're starting to get a little bit more light. We get that little sliver or that little crescent and it begins to grow. So the new moon is a great time for planting seeds, making goals, setting new intentions, what are you wanting to see grow, expand, be nurtured within your practice, within your mediumship? And so one of the great things that can help us expand and make adjustments to our practice is feedback. Now, a lot of times with feedback, we tend to focus on things like feedback from our sitters feedback from our mentors and sometimes feedback from our guides but one of the, the most wonderful practices that can really add a different perspective to how we look at our own development is actually getting feedback from the communicators that we've connected with in spirit so the next time, and you, you don't have to be in any particular cycle, uh, lunar cycle to do this, but if you want to utilize the new moon cycle to do this, this would, this would be wonderful to periodically do. After a day of sessions, or after a night at circle, or, or after a day uh, where you've had a practice reading, sit, mentally take yourself back to that experience, recall the feeling of that communicator and then try to relink with the essence or energy of that communicator bring their presence into your auric field bring them into your space bring them into your awareness and ask them how did i do in being an instrument for you in what ways could i have done better in what ways did i do well and sometimes the insight that you get are not things that you would have thought of yourself and may not be aspects that people in the living uh, or in the physical, however you want to term that, would be able to see from the physical perspective. 
the first time I heard that was in a lecture from Mavis Patilla, and I thought it was just a really novel idea, and so I did it, and uh, periodically continued to still, to still do so, and uh, I thought it was very, very revealing. So that is something that I would encourage you to do as well. So I want to do another little moment of reflection here. So if you can get back into that meditative state, it doesn't have to be very deep. We're just sort of in a light, relaxed state, as long as you're in a place where it's safe to do so. Close your eyes. Take a few breaths. Move your awareness upward. Connect with the God of your understanding, your higher power, your guides. And the first thing I want you to contemplate is where can you improve within your mediumship? What areas of your practice do you want to strengthen? And lastly, what opportunities can you create for yourself to make those goals a reality? So just notice what comes to you in response. Remember them or jot them down if you wish. And revisit them. So bring yourself fully back to you. Now, the next thing that I want to talk about, you know, a few years ago, and and this we're still sort of in that that lunar phase of new moon energy. So a few years ago, probably a decade ago now, in reality, uh, the secret was incredibly popular. Now. As a spiritualist, you know, one of the things that we teach and believe firmly in is the concept of natural law, and the law of attraction is one of those things that is definitely a part of natural law, but um, I mean, the secret, I, I have my personal issues with the secret and the way that it, it packaged and presented its information, but what we call law of attraction, law of affinity, definitely is a spiritual aspect of the universe. It's an aspect or a sub-law of the law or principle of vibration. And um, one of the things that was really popular back then was this idea of a vision board, And it's not as popular, I guess, over the past few years. Um, But one of the things that can be really cool for us to kind of experiment is creating a vision board for our mediumship. And one of the things that I want to say in regards to that is a a lot of how Law of Attraction and sort of a secrety New Age uh, perspective was presented was really getting things It was sort of materially focused. But when you think about your goals for your mediumship, what I want you to think about are not necessarily um, the end goal, but the essence of what you want to embody. So for example, I did this for myself. I did this once with um, a physical tangible board, and then I did a second one on the computer uh, that you can do something like make a background or desktop for your computer with. 
But um, think about other mediums, or it doesn't even have to be mediums, other people, other figures who embody qualities that you think would really assist you or help you on your path of involvement. And either find a picture of them um, or something that sort of represents that essence or quality and add that to your vision board. So, for example, on on the vision board that I most recently made, um, I put a picture of Ayanla Van Zandt. Now, Ayanla Van Zandt isn't a medium, but she is a spiritual teacher um, and a relationship coach. And one of the things that I love about her is, A, she has a super powerful presence. B, she has what I call fierce love, meaning that she is incredibly loving, incredibly compassionate, very charismatic. But she also has a no-bullshit personality. She calls a spade a spade. She will call you out and she's not afraid of tough love. And I like that because I myself am not naturally assertive or confrontational, even if I know that it's, it's a healthy thing that needs to happen. Um, another, you know, I mentioned Mavis Patilla. One of the things that I love about her and listening to her, she's very much a natural storyteller. And if you think about it, the role of a medium is to sort of tell the story of the person. And of course, within that story, we're going to provide evidence of survival. But she really paints a beautiful picture when she speaks. And that is something that can be very potent within our mediumship. So that's just something to kind of contemplate and play with, especially if you're more of a visual person. You know, the other thing too and this was a, a study that that same idea from The Secret sort of popularized, but it's true nonetheless that there have been studies where the brain has been sort of monitored and scanned. And, and what some of these researchers found is that the subconscious and the brain ultimately does not know the difference between when we sort of visualize and put ourselves in the experience mentally of doing something versus physically actually doing the thing, the same parts of the brain light up, the same neurons fire. And so one of the most powerful and potent things that we can do is visualize ourselves doing the work. If you're doing one-on-one sittings, visualize, pretend, make up these sittings and see yourself doing incredibly well. See yourself getting the evidence that you want to get, um, see yourself being calm and competent, see yourself being in the full expression of the power of spirit. I know for myself, um, I have found this incredibly helpful with platform demonstrations. So platform isn't something that I do a lot. I enjoy it when I do do it, or I should say when I am doing it, but prior to doing it, no matter how many times I do it, and no matter how many times it always turns out well, beforehand, I am a nervous wreck. And so a lot of times what mediums will do is before a session, they feel like they got to meditate for an hour, they got to be super still. But the thing about that is we have to remember that mediumship, especially uh, platform mediumship is active. 
you know, there's mediumship in itself has a really interesting balance between passive states and active states. We have to be passive enough so our minds can receive the information, but we have to be active in the presentation of it and keeping the power present to sort of fuel our connection. And when you're on a stage or, or, or a pulpit in a church or, um, you know, in a, a conference room, you're in front of a big group of people, you have to be active and you have to be charismatic and you have to be able to keep that energy sort of up and high and going. And so many times those people who feel like they have to, to meditate and clear their mind and get real, real passive, it's too passive of an energy. So for myself, what I have found is that one of the things that really sort of gets my motor going and gets my mind sort of moved to that level of spirit awareness before I do any sort of platform work or what in America you may more commonly hear called gallery style presentation of mediumship is watching other mediums. I will go on to YouTube and I will look up, you know, whether it's Gordon Higginson demonstrating or Tony Stockwell demonstrating or Colin Fry or whomever it may be, whatever medium tickles your fancy. And as you're watching, you just kind of imagine that you're in their shoes and it really sort of, it does something. It does something and it gets me in the mindset that I need to be in. So that's a really wonderful thing to kind of play with in the, um, in that new moon phase as well. So the moon is growing. It's no longer that little sliver. It's a little bit more equal to half and half. We're in what we call now the waxing phase, the increscent moon. And there's during the lunar cycle of the waxing moon, there's a little bit more balance between the light and the dark. And so this is a great time for us to work on building the psychic muscle, building the mediumistic muscle. So... We've had the dark moon, we've rested, we've had the new moon, we're planting the seeds, and now this waxing cycle is really taking um, more intentional, more intentional steps to build that muscle or bring to fruition the seeds that we planted. So one of the things that I want to do with you is an exercise that I learned from one of my teachers, Sharon Klingler, um, I'd never seen or had anyone present this particular type of exercise before. It's a synesthetic stretching. And I have found that what it does is it really just helps us get out of our left brain and into our right brain. And what it does is it's based off this, this uh, neurological condition called synesthesia. When someone uh, experiences synesthesia, this, the senses get matrixed. And so people who are synesthetic may taste sound or hear numbers. Uh, the senses get mixed up. And in our mediumship, especially in, in those earlier stages, we tend to identify one or two channels that come more naturally, and that's what we stick with. And so, you know, a lot of people are visually oriented. So all they, they get in the habit of all they want to focus on as they're trying to make a connection is vision. But they may be cutting themselves off at the, at the waist because perhaps spirit is coming through in a clairsentient fashion or a clairaudient fashion or through taste and smell. And they're not registering it, even though those perceptions are there because we're hyper-focused on one particular sense. 
And those who have been working for a longer period of time, we understand that as as we grow and evolve as people, our mediumship grows and evolves. It's a never-ending process, but oftentimes the further that we get into our practice, the senses begin to blend together to where it's not just a visual perception or just an auditory perception or just a knowing or just a smell or just a taste, but it's many of those things simultaneously. So this particular exercise can really help us to not only stretch the way that the brain perceives, but register those multi-sensory impressions. And again, like the, the contemplative prompts, this isn't something that we have to get very deep or or meditative to do. So just take a minute if you're in a place where you're able, and if not, come back to this particular part of the podcast at a later date and time. But um, just take a couple minutes, take a few breaths, get relaxed, get into that, that open state. And in a moment, I'm going to give you some prompts. And I will warn you that these are things that are going to feel unnatural and not make, not make logical sense. And that is the point. Okay, so the first prompt. If you could taste electricity, what would electricity taste like? If you could smell a heart attack, if a heart attack had a smell, what would it smell like? If the number seven had a sound, what sound would seven be? If the emotion of joy had a texture, what would joy feel like? If the month of August was a body part, what body part would the month of August be? If you could swim in a pool that was made of the spirit world, what does it feel like to swim in the essence of spirit? Just take whatever comes. There's no right. There's no wrong here. And while I have you in this perceptive state, I want to just go ahead into some of that soul dialogue that we've been doing that is perfect for the waxing lunar cycle. 
I want you to ask yourself, your soul, your guides, what are your current strengths on your mediumistic path? What aspects of your development are you already happy with? What is currently meeting your expectations? Now begin to bring yourself back and just take a second to jot down those perceptions if you wish. Perfect. So the last thing that I want to talk about for the waxing cycle is the concept of sitting in the power. So the, the lunar energy, the receptive energy, the psychic energy is growing, it's expanding. The power, essentially, that lunar power is building. And sitting in the power is a concept that has gained more awareness over the past few years. Before, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, you'd say sitting in the power and at least here in the United States. In the UK, it was probably a little bit different. Um, but people would be like, what the hell are you talking about? So sitting in the power is really, one, sitting in the power of your own soul and just being. Just being and not trying to do anything, not trying to get a message, not trying to get a link, not trying to connect with your guides. And then inviting the spirit world, the essence, the power, the presence of the spirit world to be with you and just simply be in the feeling of knowing that you are connected to that oneness of the divine, of spirit, whatever you want to call it. And what you're doing when you're sitting in the power, or sitting for spirit, as we say, is you're really fueling the gas tank of your mediumship. You know, with mediumship, um, it's a little different than the psychic level of working, because with the psychic level, we can develop, meaning that it's pretty formulaic in the sense of you do A and B, you'll get C. And our mediumship, the way that we register the information, works through our psychic perceptions, but the degree and the, the, the experience of our mediumship and the growth of our, our mediumship is really an unfoldment. And that unfoldment is between your soul and spirit. We can't force it. We can't make it happen. That's why some people develop very quickly. Some people develop very slowly. Um... It's all about what that particular soul needs. And so I kind of liken sitting in the power to, I use a couple different analogies. So if your spiritual gifts were a seed, sitting in the power is essentially giving sunlight and water to that seed. Or if, you're, if you've ever developed photos in a dark room, um, 
think of your, your mediumship, your spiritual gifts as the photo paper. And when you sit for spirit, you sit in the power and presence of spirit, it's like bringing light and those developing chemicals to the photo paper so the images can develop. And it's not something that can be rushed. It's not something that can be forced. And uh, it's really a, a co-collaboration, a cooperation with you, your spirit world, and your spirit team. So um, I'm not going to do a sitting in the power meditation for time's sake. But if you are new to sitting in the power, there is a short version on YouTube by the medium Tony Stockwell, who I think is fabulous. So if you just type in Tony Stockwell sitting in the power, it's about 10, 11 minutes long. That's a great introduction. If you are more comfortable in, in meditative states or sitting for longer periods of time, there's a really wonderful uh, download that you can purchase from Martin Twycross, who is a UK medium that I have a lot of respect for. He also has a lot of really wonderful classes that you can download that are very affordable on his website. And um, so it's T-W-Y-C-R-O-S-S, Martin Twycross. And his is about 30 minutes long, and that's a fantastic uh, meditation. But what you'll find is that no matter what recordings or meditations that you find, if you're new to it and you struggle with self-navigating or self, self-guiding, um, despite how it's presented, there's always going to be the same basic elements. The first element, stilling the mind. The second element, connecting with our own soul. And then the third element is really just connecting and being in the presence of what it is we consider a higher power and being in that oneness. And that is is something that we need to find a way to incorporate into our practice, into our development. And you have to find what's right for you. I like to sit for about 20, 30 minutes a day. Do I do it all the time? No. Do I do it most of the time? Yes. Uh, for some people, they may find that they sit once for longer periods of time a week. Or maybe they sit every day for short periods of time. Or maybe just when they're in circle, um, sitting in the power of that group. So you really just kind of have to find what works for you. Because mediumship is not cookie cutter. And the approach for one person is not going to meet the approach for another person. So now... We're at the full moon cycle. The moon has been growing and growing and waxing and waxing. And now we're at that beautiful full moon up in the sky. A lot of people associate the full moon with release. But the full moon is also the peak of that growing energy. So it's it's really this liminal state of building and releasing. Creation and destruction. Potency and depletion. It is liminal and the work that we do as mediums is liminal we are part in spirit part in the physical we are bridging the gap between the two worlds so it's a perfect time a potent time and a powerful time um, for our mediumistic work and the full moon if you think about the new moon as planting the seeds the full moon is symbolic of when we should see the evidence of the work that we've done. It's the completion. It's the culmination. So being that it's evidence-oriented, I wanted to talk about evidence within our mediumship. 
A lot of times in earlier stages, we are taught, even if they don't call it this, we're taught the CERT method, C-E-R-T. And what that really represents are the four basic components to a successful spirit link. So the C is about the communicator. We have to identify who is coming through. Is this a mother? Is this a father? You know, is this a friend? Who am I talking to? The E is the evidence. Those are the pieces and parts uh, of the communication that our sitter can verify, hopefully, and that prove that the only way that the, the medium would know that is if they were communicating with who they said they were. So, you know, a piece of evidence could be they drove a purple Cadillac or, you know, she always used to sneak chocolate and hide the wrappers under her mattress. And yes, that's true. Or no, that's not true. The R is the reason, essentially, the message. Why did they come? Is there, you know, is there a sentiment that they wish to express to the sitter? And the T is we, you know, as we feel the energy of the link begin to drop and we know that we're coming to the end, we like to sort of recap and tie it up and put a nice little bow on it. Now, those are the four parts that we really do need in a successful link. However, however, that is supposed to be a basic structure to be loosely followed. So it's great for beginners who need structure, but as you grow in your mediumship journey, cert can be limiting because we're going through and we're just sort of, you know, it's like, think of it realistically, you maybe have 20, 20 minutes of a link with spirit. And there, imagine you're in the spirit world and there's something you want to communicate to one of your loved ones. And you just want to say what you want to say. And the, and the medium is asking, you know, are you a man or a woman? How tall were you? What color was your hair? Where did you work? What, what was, you know, what did you like to drive? Those sorts of things. And I think that if we really allow ourselves to simply blend with our communicator and have a really nice rapport and blend and simply let them lead the session, we will naturally hit those four points anyways. And the type of evidences that come through within that are going to be more powerful than any evidence that you might hit on if you are the one trying to lead the flow of the session. So I want you to experiment with that and forget what people say that your mediumship should look like or how you should conduct a session and simply let spirit lead. The last thing I want to talk about kind of goes hand in hand, and this is a great thing for us to physically do. You know, a lot of what we've been talking about has been very symbolic of the lunar phases, but this is something that we can actually literally do with a full moon to see if it affects us in any way. So the next time there's a full moon, And if you're, you know, this is January of 2022, so it's snow, lots of snow here, super cold. Um, So this might be something that if you're in an area like me, you might have to wait till spring or summer. But the next time there's a full moon, go outside, stand with your feet on the earth, and just imagine that you're opening up, that you're expanding your aura, that you're opening, if you work with chakras, that you're opening up the chakras. And... 
in the same way that we're kind of blending with a higher power when we sit sit for the power or sit for spirit, we're, we're kind of taking that same concept, but we're blending with the lunar energies. We're literally going to blend with that, that moon energy. So imagine that as you do that, the moon is pouring down those silvery lunar rays down into your body, down into those energy centers, down into the aura. And as you breathe, your body physically, energetically, emotionally, spiritually, every cell, every organ, every layer of the auric field absorbs that lunar energy. And then pull the aura back in, close those energy centers up, and really just let your body hold and metabolize that lunar energy and see if you don't notice an energetic difference. Maybe maybe your psychic senses feel sharper. Maybe your mediumistic connection feels stronger. Um, and just experiment with that. You know, a lot of times I've heard different mediums say that their medium sh- uh, their mediumship, their connection works better in and around a full moon, um, that they don't like to demonstrate during, you know, the dark moon, that sort of thing. And I, I do think it's important to notice how earth changes and seasonal changes and lunar phases may affect our mediumship because I do believe to some degree that we can be affected in that way. But be careful not to fall into a a self-conditioning or a trap of like, oh, I can't demonstrate it's a new moon. Well, horseshit. Your connection with spirit is always there no matter what. And you will always be able to do anything in any season or any cycle. But you may find some truth for you in different seasons or cycles having an effect on your mind or your energy level. And we have to remember that all mediumship is filtered through the mind of the medium. So if something is having an effect on your mind, like seasonal affective disorder, maybe winter might not be a time where you feel most connected to spirit. Yeah, I know for me, um, spring and fall seem to be times where I feel the most connected. So just, you know, keep track of things like that in your journal, in, in your documentation of your development, and see if you can notice any correlations between things like cycles and seasons and the strength of your connection and what kind of themes and lessons come up in your development at that at at those different points in time so um i hope that you enjoyed this today as i said future episodes are going to be more um, interview oriented but i thought that presenting this particular lecture or topic would give me a chance to get familiar with the uh, podcasting software and editing and all of that good stuff. So I hope to bring you more and exciting content in the future. And if you need anything, as always, you can reach me through my website, which is just psychictravissanders.com on Facebook at facebook.com slash Travis the Spiritualist or on Instagram at Travis Talks 2, that's the number two, the dead.